All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, this is Stop Questioning Everything, um, the official Drug Receipts podcast. Drug Receipts is the brand at the convergence of uh, art and technology. We're bridging the gap between IRL and URL. And we always promote the pillars of art and subversion, science and skepticism, community and sport. We aim to bring you content with mind-altering substance. My name is Arlo Eisenberg. I'm the host. Today is August 18th, 2022 in America. In New Zealand, it is August 19th. And this is episode number 15, if you can believe it. Uh, we have a very special episode for you today. Um, we're going to do our routine checkup. We'll check in with um, Jesse and we'll go over some of the latest news items. And there's a lot of really exciting stuff to cover. We've got Drug Wars launching this week. Uh, we've got some hoodie updates. Uh, but we have a very special guest this week. And I feel like, you know, we always say that every week. And it's always true. We love all of our guests and they are always special. But in terms of the uh, special guest iceberg list or tier list or food chain, this is about as high as it goes. This is the top of the list. We've got Aaron McDonald joining, uh, joining us today from the Futureverse. Uh, so we're very excited about getting into some conversation with him. Um, and then after that, we will get into our news items and go through all the uh, other stuff, all the other drug receipts content uh, that you know and love. Um, so without any further ado, I think we are going to introduce our first guest here, our very special guest. And hopefully uh, for the first time, you know, I, I'm billing this as a special episode and it's in, in, it's in no small part because of our very special guest, but also because I think we're going to finally have some fanfare with our uh, title cards. So we'll <laughs> wish us luck. This is something that we've been working toward for many, many months, and we'll see if we finally can pull it off. But so uh, our special guest today, I mentioned, it's Aaron McDonald from um, Futureverse. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope that was worth it. I was just in the middle of giving you a proper introduction, but there's your title card with fanfare. Oh, yeah. Let me pay you all. <laughs> Welcome, Aaron. So Aaron is the CEO of uh, the New Zealand-based tech Enter platform centrality, but he's also one of the co-founders. He's a CEO of Non-Fungible Labs and the Futureverse. So for most of you in here watching and that will be listening to this, um, he really doesn't need an introduction. Uh, Aaron is one of the central personalities and key figures right at the at the at the center of this entire operation. Uh, so very happy to have you on, Aaron. Thanks for making some time to join us here. No, no. Um pleasure is mine. Glad, glad to be here. I hope we can have some fun today. Well, we're certainly going to try. Uh, you know, in my haste to get you on here, I, I think I probably also breezed through some of the housekeeping introductory stuff that normally we would get through. But if you are listening to this on a podcast or through a podcast service, uh, just know that we are, this is a YouTube broadcast. So we will have some visual aids that we're showing throughout, but we will try to do our best to talk you through any visual content that we show. But we do always encourage you to check out the YouTube broadcast as well, because that's where you get the best experience. And you can see the very cool uh, background behind Aaron uh, with all the 3D uh, uh, characters from the Fluff ecosystem. Um, so Aaron, welcome. Welcome to Stop Questioning Everything, the Drug Receipts podcast. Um, in doing research for this, one of the articles that I came across, right? Research is always a dangerous thing. I tell, I tell people, try not to Google me too much, but there's some good content on you out there. And one of the articles that, you know, that I thought was a really great resource was the interview that you did for Business Desk. Um, 
but one of the things that struck me about it was <laughs> was the format. So yeah. it's you know it there's a brief introduction to who you are, not that dissimilar from the introduction we gave you here. Um, but then basically it just sort of goes through kind of like you know the the sort of the the greatest hits of your life, right? And there's yeah. never any questions. There's never any commentary from the interview from the interviewer. It's just sort of like it's just going through. It's just it's sound bites from you basically all the way through. And then at yeah. the end of the interview, there is a byline for the alleged interviewer. But it struck me as, I mean, the content was great, but the the format struck me as somewhat odd. Uh, were you actually interviewed? Did you speak to anyone? Yeah, no, I talked to the guy for over an hour. It was a great oh, interview. Okay. Actually. Yeah, and that's the format I think they use for that series. Uh, um, is supposed to be kind of the greatest hits of your life, you know, showing a bit more of kind of the the person behind the scenes that you wouldn't normally meet if um, if you just understood them from a business point of view. So he did the he did the interview. He got all the content, yeah. and then he distilled it down to those yeah. those sound bites. That's great. So the reason I ask is because. Not too long ago, I had an interview, an interview from an online magazine. I think it was called Authority Magazine. And they there was an interviewer also, but they sent me a list of questions. And I answered right. the question. Never heard from the interviewer. There was never any follow-up. And then one day it was just published online. And I thought, well, but he, you know, it said interview by and it had the guy's name and it has the byline, it says where he went to school and how he got into journalism. Right. And I'm like, what? is this and like it's not an interview right i just i i basically wrote an essay for like a couple of hours and yeah. then sent it off to them blog um, by Arlo. <laughs> exactly it was a blog right i provided a blog content for them but what it made me think of was you know it that's just one step removed from not, not even having the interviewer at all right an ai could just as easily be sending out questions and then uh, uh taking the answers and then you know putting out the content um so is the interview interviewer even really necessary? And then it brings up all these questions like, you know, of all these occupations that will probably be replaced by AI uh, very soon, if not eventually. Um, but usually I mean, in, we, that, in that case, um, he was actually pretty skilled at yeah. um, teasing the story out, you know. So and I think in some cases, you know, people feel really comfortable um, yarning on about their life. Um, and then in some cases, right. you know, you have to you have to either coach them on that process or make sure that you get the interesting parts of it. And that's the bit I think maybe AIs will struggle with. Right. Like, the editing. They bit. could follow a formula to mm -hmm. ask questions, but can they be inquisitive? That's at some stage, yes. Like eventually that happens, but I think that'd be one of the harder things to mimic. Well, so when I when I read your piece, right, I just thought, oh, Aaron has written, they've sent him a bunch of questions and he has just written all this. But now hearing the way you've described it, yes, I don't want to unfairly malign the actual journalist who did good journalism and a good piece. But the appearance of it did definitely bring that to mind. It's like, whoa, this feels yeah. like, you know, uh, journalism 3.0, where the, the journalist is going to kind of be taken out of the mix. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that when people talk about, like, you know, the jobs that will, will be replaced by AI, a lot of consideration is given to kind of the manufacturing jobs and, you know, the, the blue collar jobs where automation and AI can kind of get the job done. Um, but something that came up recently in our, you know, in our circles is because uh, Mid Journey uh, mm -hmm. has gotten so much attention lately uh, with yeah. the incredible artwork that it's producing. 
Um, you know, Zero X Thulu is a project in our community. They've been using it a lot kind of in, in this stuff that they've been doing and creating their lore. But now it is so easy to come up with a concept and then just have a, a stunning visual represent, representation of whatever you want to communicate. Uh, and so we have a, you know, we are an art project and we have a lot of art friends and kind of all of us as artists are looking around going, whoa, we didn't know we were going to be out of a job. We thought that was going to be one of the refuges, right? Like creativity, that's a space to go. Uh, and this is something that thingies are doing, right? Thingies, I, yeah. right? The thingies have a, uh, you know, talk about the similarity between what thingies are doing and what, uh, what the mid journey bots are doing. Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, um, there's always, when technology comes along, there's always this kind of fear that we'll be replaced. Um, humans are probably a bit more resilient than we think they are. Um, and when you, um, you look back at, you know, Photoshop or other things that came along and, um, and started to add value to creativity, um, pe people at that time, some people kind of got you know, freaked out about whether they would have a job or not, um, or whether humans would have a job. And what tends to happen is technology expands creativity instead of taking it away. Um, and we can look at um, something like artificial intelligence as a um, assisting us in the process of being creative rather than replacing us. Maybe it will replace some tasks, um, but that will make more time to do other things or to be creative in other areas. Um, and so I never get too worried about um, creativity being replaced by artificial intelligence. Um, I do, I mean, I totally agree that things that are, um, you know, kind of manual labor driven um, or um, even processes like um, being an accountant, for example, those kinds of things will be automated away. And what we'll be left with really is creativity. Um, I think Bord Elon Musk um, tweeted out something today, which I, I often say myself, which is, you know, in the near future, most, the job that most humans do will be entertaining other humans. Um, and so the creative economy will be the economy that exists and persists the longest um, because the other things will be the first and the easiest to automate out. And so mid journey, like in my mind, um, shows us how we can get more people to be creative. Like I'm, I'm a shit artist. Um, but now perhaps I can take ideas I have in my mind and express those in a way that I would have never been able to do before. So it creates more artists rather than, than fewer and more creativity. And the other thing is, I think like, um, you know, you see a lot of what's coming out of these um, AI generated projects and it is early days. So we have to be careful about kind of underestimating the future potential, but there is clearly a different aesthetic, even though they are beautiful um, and they are interesting and there is art, um, it's not drug receipts, right? right. And so can you imagine can I imagine in the short to midterm drug receipts popping out of an AI? No, because that took like intuition, inspiration, understanding of co comedy, all these kinds of things that an AI will find hard to do for a while. Um, and so, um, and so 
um, I think we can we can see the opportunity for more creativity. And the thing that's exciting for me personally about um, thingies is not only do we think we've got some tricks up our sleeves in terms of um, what thingies can do versus what those existing AIs can do, um, and more interesting ways, I think, to monetize creativity with your thingies than they have, and more openness in terms of the community involvement and ownership of um, the intelligence that sits, sits behind it, um, is that our community can be more creative. Like we have this awesome um, creative talent within our community that's now, um, you know, building animations and games and creating meta stars and doing all this kind of stuff off the back of content that we've seeded. And now even more of them will be able to do that because they'll each have their own personal assistant who helps them build art and then objects and then spaces in the future. And so, um, so, so I don't look at it as a scary proposition. I look at it as a really enhancing proposition, especially to the value proposition of Web3, which is about community co-creation. I think you've identified a couple of things that are really uh, interesting and important uh, that make a difference when considering AI and the, the, you know, the implications for, for art and creative endeavors. Uh, but one is, um, you know, you said, could, could you imagine um, the, could you imagine the AI creating drug receipts right now? And the way that the, the way that the mid journey works, right. Is you, you put in the word prompts and then it creates art based on that. So you can say wizard, you know, uh, rainstorm, raven. And, but you can also say in the style of Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. So mid journey doesn't have the style of Van Gogh without Van Gogh existing, right? So mm -hmm. those styles have to exist. And there's almost, you know, you mentioned when Photoshop came on the scene and how uh, creatives had to kind of adapt to the new tools. It didn't make creatives obsolete. It just gave them more to work with. Well, similarly, you know, when photography came around before yeah, photography, totally. people made photorealistic paintings all the time. Yeah. That was their job. And then it's like all yeah. of a sudden, oh, we're out of business. Who yeah. needs a, who needs me to sit around and paint a portrait yeah. for 20 hours when yeah. you can take a photo in two seconds? Um, but that's not what happened. Then you had to move. They artists found different ways of expressing themselves. They became stylized. Then you get the, you know, the the cubist and the the uh, abstractionist and the expressionist, all, all these different forms of expression. And so you can imagine a similar thing happening once we have AI as an added tool, but then humans get to find new ways to use it. And it's actually one of the specific things that um, Thingy's AIs will be able to do um, that we haven't seen in these other tools yet. And that is to allow artists to play a greater role in, um, in the product that the AIs produce. And so you're creating another role for um, for artists in the creative ecosystem within the, the, the way that thingies um, architecture works. So Joellen, we're, we're talking a lot about this incredible art that these, you know, these different AI platforms are, are creating, but I think we could do a service to our viewers here. Let's show, I know we've got a couple examples of the, uh, what the journey, the mid journey AI has created. I think some of these examples came from actually the uh, Zero X Thulu community, because as I said, they've been using it a lot and we've seen a lot of it going around in, in uh, some of our discords. Um, do we have some of the mid-journey AI uh, renderings? And since these are based on Xerox Thulu, a lot of them are, you know, you can see that the prompts are like tentacles and octopus and things like that. And some of them have kind of like a, you know, a gothic dark feel. Um, let's see. 
Right. Yeah. And you'll notice as we look, we're just going to look at a few of them here, but you, you know, there is wide variety in the style and the, and in the execution. And if you, if no one told you that these were generated by an AI, you would never know. I mean, these, these are, you know, it's not just good for a computer. This is really good and interesting art, well executed. Uh, and we should mention also that all this, the, the way that these AI programs work is through neural learning. So they are given, you know, they are given, are fed essentially, um, you know, just uh, copious amounts of uh, different prompts, or I should say, photos that have tags associated with them, so that they can learn what is it, what the content of the photos is, and then they start to actually understand the relationships between uh, words and images and how they they are put together. But Joanne, let's go ahead and show the next couple here. Um, just yeah, and the, the stuff is so cool. I mean, when when I First, we all have the same experience. When you learn that this stuff is being generated by AI, it is uh, it stops you in your tracks. Um, not just because it, the work is so stunning and impressive, but also because it makes you question, you know, your value as a sentient being. Like, what is the point? What what's could I have done that any better? So we have one other image or a couple of other images we can show because Aaron, we've been talking about the thingies and for the, our audience, I just want for any of you that don't know. So uh, behind Aaron, you can see a couple of three, a uh, couple of 3D renderings of fluffs and fluffs are the, you know, those are kind of the, the, uh, the characters, the avatars at the center of the fluff ecosystem, but fluffs have uh, little kind of spider stylized spider companions that are the thingies and the thingies have AI capabilities, which we've been discussing here. Uh, John, let's show an image of the thingies. Cute, furry little creatures, the thingies there. And show the next photo because this is an actual, what a thingy actually looks like uh, on the market in, in, uh, in OpenSea when you purchase the thingy. But you can see the easel and the work studio there behind uh, the thingy, just to give you an idea. And Aaron, can you talk a little bit about the pattern on the fur and the pattern on the easel? Because those are generated from AI, is that right? Um, so with the thingies, we wanted to create a bit of AI-ception, um, and I think the thingies are the first 3D character that has been essentially created by an AI. So we built a kind of base model for the, for the thingies, and then we trained an AI on a style of art that we wanted, and then it produced the UV maps which became the fur of the thingies. So each thingy's fur is a one of one painted by an AI. And this might give you a little bit of a hint about phase three of thingies, um, where we're going in terms of um, moving from flat art into um, things you can, ex can have exist in the metaverse. And, and so each thingy is a piece of art and, uh, and they were dropped alongside um, the kind of 2D version of that art, um, but they were jumbled up. So only a very small number of thingies um, have the matching artwork that um, sits alongside their fur pattern. And we'll be able to play a little game with that later on. The other thing that's interesting is that the fur pattern becomes the, the brain matrix, um, which turns that, that thingy into its own artist. And so when you look at our first version of the AI that will come alongside the thingies, 
each of those 10,000 artists has its own DNA, which comes from the fur, and they will perceive the world differently. And so if you put the same prompt in for a given string and did that with a bunch of thingies, they would all see that differently because their their brain operates differently because of this this fur pattern. Um, so it's like a, an AI, a 3D character created by an AI that also produces AI art and, you know, other things in the future as well. I've got some comparisons. I don't know if I can share screen um, on this, but I can show you some comparisons between thingies and Dali and uh, Mid Journey so you can get a sense of what's possible with the thingy. Yeah. So um, the first image here is Dali. Um, and the mm -hmm. second image is mid journey and the third image is a thingy. The interesting thing about um, those three, and they're all brilliant in their own right. And you would think, you know, how did an AI paint any one of these um, was the stylistic cues. Um, and the thingies actually, um, this that we asked each one of these to, um, to make an image in and i'll read i'll get the prompt prompts in a second now and stop sharing how do i stop sharing so and those are three images generated from the same prompts so yeah so it was a, a bright summer afternoon with a flowing river in lush nation uh, nature in um Gahibli style um and so the stylistic prompt for the thingies i think comes much much closer to um what we would expect from that style prompt um so it's 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 w working really well really well how is that affected is that because in you uh, you give your ai a preference for style or no i think it's understood the prompt better than dali and mid journey did oh i see uh -huh. yeah yeah so kind of putting these tools in the hands of our community i think is going to really enable more creativity and increase you know, expand human creativity as opposed to detract from it. Can we show one more image before we abandon show and tell here for a second, Joel? But we do have a uh, something that your brother posted. One of your brothers posted, uh, yeah. uh, the, uh, right, of the thingies dreaming. Um, oh, it was a reference to the uh, what was the Blade Runner book? Oh yeah, when thingies dream of electric sheep. Yeah. yeah. So those are, I mean, that's super cool images. Um, yeah, and you can definitely see like the stylistic influence, right? This this looks like something uh, artistic. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's a bit of a meme joke because um, someone said something on Twitter and uh, we decided to test um, mm. things to see what they would see if we asked them that question. <laughs> cool. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so I want to go back to something that you mentioned actually before we kind of went deep into the actual the visuals of the thing. Uh, but you mentioned that, you know, the future is probably going to be humans entertaining other humans, right? As more and more of uh, our jobs are taken up by AI and automation, uh, yeah. it, we will move toward more creative endeavors and we will be finding ways to entertain one another. But it's also easy to imagine, right, that, that entertainment will also be replaced. You won't really need humans to entertain other humans. Really, it will just be about being entertained. You know, it's like, the, I guess the, the bigger question is once, you know, the, the central feature of existence and of our identity ceases to be our occupations or what we yeah. do for work, then what replaces it? Is it entertainment? Is it philanthropy? 
you know, uh, is it just self-betterment? Like, what is it? I think create like creativity is probably the way that I'd sum it up. And like entertainment's kind of fall, falls into that. And maybe some of our entertainment, you know, you can, you can see a feasible future where, where machines create, you know, comic comics, you know, or, um, create everything series series and stuff like that right eventually possibly any kind of um creative expression to a high enough fidelity that we'd find it interesting but that just means we'll have more time to think about doing other things and creativity is a big thing it's like okay well maybe we you know put more energy into sciences than we do now or like maybe we discover things that we haven't discovered about our psychology before or you know, there's all these kind of different areas of creative expression that we can get into that um, that we'll have more time to do. It'll be interesting uh -huh. to see how society functions when it doesn't have to do do work. You know, like is that something that's that is a, a necessary part of the of the wheels or the cogs of society that we have to have something to occupy our minds with that is wrote and prescribed? And if we didn't have that, would we just annihilate ourselves with you know the time we have not not to say we're doing a great job of not annihilating ourselves with the time we don't have um but you know what would society actually look like like in that context when you didn't have to do things right so right so what i think what we're we're talking about right or when you there's probably a need to be doing things that feel important or purposeful or worthwhile uh, entertainment is a fine way to occupy ourselves. We, you know, yeah. most of us would be happy to sit on the couch and play video games or watch movies all day. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's probably not a very fulfilling or satisfying existence. Um, so there, there has got to be some space for things which are meaningful, meaningful experiences. Uh, and I, I, you know, I guess it remains to be seen kind of how we will start to fill those spaces. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we'll come up with something. We always do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's a theme here, you know, as we talk about these things, right? This disruptive technology and having to adapt to kind of new models. Um, but this also is kind of like a, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, um, it runs parallel to what's happening with, uh, with web three and with the metaverse and how the opportunity here for that to disrupt so many of the models that we've, you know, become accustomed, so accustomed to over the years. Um, and you are definitely at the vanguard of that, right? You're leading the vanguard of that. Uh, do you want to, you know, what do you think about the opportunity for Web3 um, uh, to introduce disruption or for, for, you know, these models to change? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's entirely about that. The current creative business model um, I think is a relatively extractive one. And if we imagine that, you know, the most important thing that we will produce as society um, through our labors is creativity in the future, then um, we want to make sure that the economy of that society isn't dependent on the type of gatekeepers we have today. And so having, um, having the ability to put communities back in control of the process of extracting value from creativity, giving um, creators more of a say in the way that um, their content is used, um, giving the rights to 
you know, the data and information that goes alongside that creativity or the value that's created with that creativity back to individuals as opposed to being aggregated by corporations. Those are all really important things if you care about, um, if you think that the future of society is driven by creativity, then having those in the hand or the control of the infrastructure of that in the hands of the users uh, rather than corporations becomes super important because that becomes the economy. And so if, you're, if, if your society runs on the, this fuel, you want to make sure that the individuals are in control of that process and communities are in char char charge of that process and that infrastructure. So can you talk, talk us through that a little deeper? Because, you know, I came into this space as an artist, right? Brooke called me. We have a, a long yeah. relationship. And so I have been having to get trained up kind of like on the technical aspects of it. But as an artist or as a lay person, you know, I look around at the space and you say, you know, Web3 provides an opportunity for communities to, you know, have ownership over their content and over their product. Um, but it still feels like that, you know, I, so we're drug receipts and we are making apparel, uh, apparel that you can wear in Web3 on your avatars and apparel that you can wear in real life. Um, but, you know, Nike comes into the space and they are, you know, they're going to come in with all their resources. Uh, it's going to be very hard for us to compete against a Nike. And I don't know how many things about the space make, you know, the impact of corporations, you know, that much different. I think, no, I think it's, it's for, you're framing it wrong because yeah. the job isn't to compete against Nike. The, the job is to make it possible for micro communities to be viable like a single a single organization trying to compete against nike that's impossible enabling a thousand organizations to have viable micro communities that they can monetize you know with low friction and where the users in those communities can have a stake in that um, thing that they love that's disrupts nike not 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 the us coming up like David against Goliath and trying to beat them at their own game. That will never work. But can we beat them by a death through a thousand cuts? Probably, you know. And um, and that ownership paradigm is what changes it. In the the current environment, it's much more visceral in digital goods and services than it is in physical goods and services. And by and large, the future of goods and services is digital. We just simply don't have the planetary resources to be the consumers we are and keep consuming at the same level of um, physical goods as our population grows. That just isn't viable. So our consumption is going to shift to digital goods being the primary consumption. That's why Nike bought Artifact, because that's the future of, um, you know, future of goods is, in, is much more in the digital space. And so... Um, when you look at um, how you deliver that to consumers, you can either um, deliver it through the Web 2 way, which means that at some point that that thing, that content, um, resides on someone else's server. And ultimately, whatever the terms and conditions say in your terms of service for the website or whatever it happens to be, um, whoever can switch the data center off actually controls that content. 
and actually owns that content. And so what Web3 does is enables community ownership of infrastructure so that there isn't a person who can turn the data center off. And when, when your consumption of goods goes into that digital space um, and all of the other stuff that goes alongside that, the monetization, even in the physical world, because it's linked to the NFTs, um, is stored in infrastructure that's owned by communities, then you have genuine ownership for the users and for the creators. It doesn't, it isn't actually owned by Amazon because it's their server that it sits on top of and they can switch the data center off. And that paradigm of ownership change is what's been really important is the fundamental important thing about Web3. That's the thing that changes is we actually have true individual ownership of digital things on the internet, which we never had before. Unless you, unless you were, were happy running your own data center and server at home, you know, which not yeah. everyone can do. No, that's super helpful. And you've explained it. You've reframed it perfectly. I get it. But I, there's one more step that I need you to get me to. So the, you know, you're exactly right in your, you, how you reframed it, right? So we could, uh, in the IRL brick and mortar world, we could never compete with Nike because we're not going to be on the same shelves as Nike in the mall or in the stores. Uh, but we, you know, on in the digital marketplace, we have an opportunity to get our product out there and find an audience. In the same way that streaming services kind of democratize music, where you didn't have to go through the major labels, you didn't have those gatekeepers, as you said, uh, controlling who gets to hear music or discover your music, the artists found their audiences. So you get all these micro communities, as you said. Uh, so then the added layer with Web3 is the ownership, right? So it's, you don't just need a, 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 uh, an online marketplace um, to sell your work. The, the, the owners or the consumers buy and own each piece individually, something like that. And I guess the, the, the last step that I'm, I'm trying to get you to walk me through or that, that I want to bump up against here is, is the marketplaces. So right now, you know, it seems like most of the trading happens on a secondary marketplace, uh, which is to my, my understanding, doesn't feel that much different than having a, you know, a Spotify, you know, becoming the, the new gatekeeper. So we've got OpenSea, you know, or Coinbase marketplace. Uh, talk me, talk to me about that dynamic uh yeah really really a, a good question but fundamentally um different architecture underneath those two things so in spotify um they're aggregating um content and that content is hosted by them and so the you know taking the sum of that content which has the network effect in it um and Port porting that over to another application if you don't like Spotify is extremely difficult to do. And especially if you're one of the, you know, smaller players in that market, you know, you go to Spotify for the you know top 10 artists that you like, and then you discover these other smaller ones. Um, the, the difference in Web3 is I can go and set up a competitor to OpenSea and instantly have the network effect because all of that data is actually stored in common spaces. And so I can now, and, and, and the um, owners of that content um, would be happy for me to implement that marketplace if it means I, I send more consumers to it um, because they know that the smart contract's gonna take care of the royalties afterwards. 
you think about like the content model in web two, it relies on, um, you know, kind of monopoly forces to be successful because without those, that scale, it's hard to chase down everyone who owes you a buck. And therefore you tend to only want to do con, you know, contracts with large other large players, um, because that simplifies your business model. And so you get these kind of efficiencies of scale by contracting because the process of collecting money is through contracting. Um, with smart contracts, the process of collecting money is automated. And so you want as many people as possible using the content because it's easy to monetize. And so in the, if, if, we, if we someday figure out that OpenSea is, you know, not the best place to, um, for us as consumers to trade, that network effect of content is not locked into that ecosystem. Anyone can go and compete with that tomorrow and provide a better customer experience and attract liquidity to that and use yeah. Web3 mechanics to do it, you know? But that's a big if, right? Because it, presently- That's an if. I mean, Looks Rhea started from nowhere, had all the same content as OpenSea on day one and used Web3 mechanics and they've stolen 20% of the market share. You know, that's mm -hmm. an extremely difficult thing to do in Web2. So maybe it's a case of like you, marketplaces are just a reality of commerce. Like you need a place where you can go to find stuff, like right where what you're looking for. I mean, cause OpenSea will always, or even if they get replaced by someone that we deem to be better, um, as long as there's a place that people are going, then that marketplace will always wield some kind of power over the market, right? They can, they can include you in the marketplace or not. Yep. And, and, um, and it just has to be enough humans who care to want to make a difference and, and, um, and choose, choose another choice. And at the moment in web two making that, so let's a really good example that I like to use is, um, often we'll see Facebook do stuff we don't like, um, or Uber do stuff we don't like. Right. Um, and you'll see this movement of, you know, delete Facebook and fuck Facebook and blah, blah, blah. But then what you're choosing to do is delete your network effect and delete all the content that you've created about yourself over time. And that people op nine times out of 10 think, oh, no, actually, no, maybe not delete Facebook and maybe not fuck Facebook, you know? Right. Um, but if they had a genuine choice, if they could pick their network up with them, because the data exists at a substrate that is the community level and it's not locked behind those servers. Or if right. you could you could choose to use another application to access the same drivers because those drivers sit at a, a, um, a data layer that allows them to kind of migrate and move the network effect of those drivers with them. Then, then you open the door for a different competitive lands, landscape. We haven't seen the full power of that yet in Web3 but the potential exists because the architecture is different. Okay. Awesome. Well said. Thank you for that. Uh, now, so I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. Um, but since you said, and I quote, you know, fuck Facebook, <laughs> your words. And if my mother's listening, excuse me. Uh, but so also, you know, in doing my research uh, and going on the uh, Centrality website, and I, I have seen you guys, you know, do this in promotions in other places, but one of your taglines, right, is uh, unfuck the world. 
um, which is a kind of, you know, brazen and provocative thing to use at what, you know, this is, you know, centrality is not, you know, it, it's, it's, you've got a lot of employees, you've got a lot of influence. It's a big corporation uh, or it's a big operation, I should say. Um, And, but then right there on your website, it's not hidden, you know, it's, it's, it's a big graphic that says unfuck the world. Um, And, you know, there's a part of us that identifies with that, right? As drug receipts, we have chosen to be a provocative brand. And I think there's honestly, there's a lot of misunderstanding around that. You know, I, we get a lot of uh, requests to sort of do collaborations with other uh, drug related brands, but we're not really a drug related brand. Uh, dr- drug receipts is not about drugs. It's about the provocation. We just happen to have used drugs as the, the mechanism for that. Um, so uh, w- what do you see? Obviously, you have some affinity for the, the value of provocation. Yeah. How did it come to be that you, you came up with Unfuck the World? It was actually, so Nicole, um, who works for me um, when and when she came on board as the head of um, brand and marketing or chief marketing officer, um, did a piece of brand work around the centrality kind of mission and vision. Um, and the, um, the process they went through in that was um, really interesting. And they looked at what we were actually trying to do and we were trying to undo you know, structures that existed and, you know, unbind people from corporations and all these words kind of kept coming up around un. Um, And so there was this kind of brand narrative building around un and I took it to the next level, which was unfuck. And it was, it was supposed to be, you know, provocative because if you're trying to make change, you have to be. There's a lot of a lot of people who could take offense at that, but at the same time, in a crowded world of information, they might not have even looked at it, you know? And so at least if they took offense at it, they've taken the time to think about it. So I tend to try sometimes to play the, you know, provocateur because it le- at least gives you a seat at the table for a conversation. Well, needless to say, we find a lot of, community and brotherhood with that, that sentiment. And in fact, it's interesting, you know, even talking to you about it, because we feel like a lot within the community, right? This is something that we can, we confront even within the community. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around what drug receipts is. Um, and you know, the, the bigger you get, uh, and we are, we are, you know, affiliated with some companies that are getting very, very big. And so there tends to be a kind of, uh, an aversion to things which which are too provocative or right which could get you in trouble or might be deemed unsavory um so just to hear you right how how you are of like mind and even to see that not just not just that you are sympathetic or that you understand it but that you have put it into practice in your own business right um that that is really heartening i I think that that's that's really cool to see yeah, and it and it's horses for courses. You know, sometimes you're in. You just have to be aware of the context you're in and the audience you're talking to, and um, and you know, choose different modes of being either being provocative or um, engaging with those audiences. But sometimes it's a good tool. Absolutely, absolutely, and well, most of the time, hopefully, it's a good tool for us because we have built our whole brand on it. We we don't get to. It's always drug receipts. So, you know, 
I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, right? That I've, I, we did our preparation, getting ready for the interview. I said that I've read some articles and I've, I've looked into your background and uh, we probably could have started with this, but obviously you've had a really interesting upbringing and an unconventional uh, background. And my point bringing it up is not to go too deep into it, right? You, you traveled around when you were young, your, your family uh, did missionary work and philanthropic work. Uh, you traveled around the Philippines. Uh, you guys traveled around the New Zealand countryside for a couple of years in a, a, a bus. Uh, a house bus is that our bus house yeah, house bus uh -huh. um but so what i'm what i'm wondering now is we're having this talk about you know uh you know this this uh, this uh tendency to provoke and this you know you have shown a tremendous uh capacity for um thinking outside the box right and finding novel solutions and looking for innovation uh before anyone else even can see it coming on the horizon uh how much do you think that your unconventional upbringing uh, sort of provided the space and the opportunity for you to be able to think in that way? Um, a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd say it's probably the reason we're here today. Um, there's, um, there's no doubt that having exposure to um, perspective on um, other people's life outside of, you know, what is one of the nicest safest um, places to be in the world in New Zealand when I was uh, when I was young traveling and going into third third world countries and um, seeing how other people lived that changed that changed my perspective on life entirely um, you know being spending that time traveling around um, meeting different people and um, you know gave you know gave me an appreciation for how different parts of society think about things um and seeing the haves and the haves not definitely changes you know makes you more mission focused and i think that that's been a large driving force in why we've done what we've done is to try and make make the world a better place than it is now that's that's come from the way i grew up entirely it, yeah it shows in the it shows in your work and I wonder, you know, as we talk about kind of the opportunity for disruption and disrupting models, it seems, you know, education could, certainly is one of the candidates up for, you know, in need of disruption. But you could also imagine how the web, how Web3 or the metaverse could provide an opportunity for more people to have access to broader experiences, right? Let something less constrained by region and by rote, uh, you know, um, curriculum. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's deeper than that, I think. You know, if we build the open metaverse well together, the notion of many of the things that hold us back from evolving as society should disappear. If you think about like all of the strife that happens around, you know, conflicts between nations and conflicts for resources and all those kinds of things. If we can move the things we actually really value into the digital space, then we have the opportunity for unlimited production without the idea that resources are controlled by any one society or any one kind of school of thought or any one nation. Then we can operate differently as a society. If already, you know, 80% of the value in the Fortune 500 companies is intangible value, intangible things are what our society increasingly values and the metaverse takes that to the next to the next stage 
and that cre that creates a whole different platform for society if we let it if we don't bring the baggage that has been driven largely by property rights and resource conflicts into um, the next version of, so of society into the metaverse we can have a whole different world um, and maybe then it, some of those things start to disappear in terms of um, the controls that exist because of those property rights so what is the what is the reason a government is useful for us um, will they help enforce property rights like if all of those things that we value move to the digital space and you know the notion of work changes and all those kinds of things then and and all of the things we can now build um, exist in that or more of the things we build and value exist in that digital space and less of the things we build and value exist in the physical space then society can behave entirely differently we don't have to have a lot of the problems that we have right now because of those largely because of those concerns around property rights i will tell you in order for what you're uh suggesting here and advocating for to to come true uh, there's one other bit of baggage that i think that we have to address and it's 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 why it's built into the the pillars of drug receipts but it it's it's the pillar of science and skepticism. Uh, we've said it many times, but as long as it's human brains that are moving into the metaverse, it's not just going to be the good ideas that are coming into the metaverse. The bad ideas are going to be coming too. And we will all have much more access to all the ideas out there. And without the skills and the tools to navigate through that information meaningfully, we've already seen the devastating consequences you know, here uh, played out in, in real life and in real time. Uh, so we need to build better critical thinker, thinkers. We, we yeah. need to give the brains that are moving into the metaverse the tools to, to you know, to, to be able to navigate through information. Totally. And, and the nature of education has to change to deliver that because currently, you know, the, the way of learning is designed for when, when our job was to re do repetitive tasks in factories in the industrial age. That's the system was designed to produce people who complied and followed the rules and did the task that they were you know had to repeat over and over in the in the classroom critical thinking was you know destructive to what made society scale and function at, at that point but now we need a different kind of thinking and different kind of education to produce those different kinds of thinkers Dude, Aaron, I could talk to you all day. This is really fun and interesting, but I'm sensitive to your time. And I just want to make sure we give the audience a, an opportunity to get in a couple of questions at least. So moderators, I'm going to kick it over to you. Have you guys got any curated questions that we can throw to Aaron uh, before he has to jump out of here? Let's take a look. Fanfare. No. Okay. Uh, so Q&A. Let's see what we've got. Um, question for Aaron what's your thoughts on the future of wearables <laughs> seems a, a hey. bit self-serving but yeah but I'll take I it to say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually um, I just wrote that really quickly yeah no I mean I, so I think like the most interesting thing about this space is um I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing um people think a little bit more outside the box about what fashion could be in the metaverse. Um, there seem that the majority of what I've seen out there seems to be highly constrained by the physics of our, of our physical world. Um, and I was having this conversation with Snoop Dogg actually. And, um, 
were talking about like um you know imagine you could wear smoke in the metaverse like the cliche thing to say right i thought i was cool at the time um and it was and it was like oh yeah actually you, you can do that rain doesn't exist winds wind doesn't exist like you could wear smoke and so like i i'm looking forward to like more creative expression coming out um in wearables where um it's interactive media content and it doesn't necessarily apply the physics that exist today yeah totally super interesting right that the, the it's, it's a blank canvas and the uh, the what the opportunities are limitless another question coming in here this kind of uh feeds into the converse some of the conversations we've been having about like purpose and motivation and what yeah. we would what we would do if we didn't have to do anything. But the suggestion in this next question is kind of like, you may have already achieved that. You are, you are living the life that we are speculating about, you know, could be the, the fate of humanity. But so after building, you know, over five companies that have gone over to a hundred million uh, or more, um, what keeps you driven, right? What motivates you? Do you ever feel like, you know, my work here is done, right? No, I mean, I think, um the mission keeps driving me yeah I, I i wouldn't be doing this just to like make a buck or survive i think I've, i can tick those boxes now um but i like the idea of making the change i like the idea of helping to make other people successful you know you said five i've, I've co-founded five companies worth over 100 million dollars in five years well, there are lots of other people involved in those things too and i'm helping them to become more successful and then make change as well so that's kind of like the things that i like um i like that get keep me motivated is the mission of giving power back to people in the digital age and helping make other people um who are on that journey with me successful well said well said uh before we let you out of here, I think I would be doing a disservice to all the people tuned in. I'm sure they're, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm obligated to ask as, as interesting uh, as this conversation has been, I feel like I'm obligated to ask uh, for alpha. Uh, you gave us some good information about kind of the next, uh, you know, what to expect from the thingies. Is there anything else on the horizon that we need to know about? I know we've just had a major activation with uh, gods and goblins. Uh, what, what is exciting you right now? Yeah, I just posted those images as well on my Twitter, if you're following along. Um, so you can see the comparison if you want to go and check them out again. Um, I, I'm actually excited to get thingies out, which should be should be very soon. Um, and we've got like a few phases that will kind of follow quite quickly after after each other that will enhance the capability each time, starting with something quite simple that people can like get their heads around and then move them up kind of the complexity um journey as they start to learn the tools um gods and goblins is super fun um the next phase of this is going to be really interesting um if you're following the path um going to be some some fun fun and games played there and um if you're not following the path start following the path um so um both the content is super 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 cool but also the game i think will play in terms of onboarding new members to the community and um and uh and getting towards the minting process it's going to be um a very community driven process to get this collection to market in a way that i don't think i've seen in nfts before 
Um, so it's not a product we're going to hand over the counter. It's something that our community gets to be a big part of along the way and um, and share in the benefit of as it comes to life. Something that has made, I think, you guys, you know, leaders in this space, uh, something that other people are looking to in the space for like as a model for success has been the emphasis on community and what a great job you guys have done at building community involving community in every aspect of the operation uh and really making it not just feel like a community project but it, it is a demonstration of that it, it lives up to it uh and we are really grateful to be a part of the community um you know being a part of the extended um, fluff ecosystem has been really wonderful for us. And even, you know, I said that other people look to you guys as a model. We've learned a lot, you know, just from being around uh, you and the other smart people, um, uh, you know, affiliated, affiliated with the projects. So thank you so much for all that you do. We're big fans of your work and uh, look forward to many more conversations and uh, exciting new developments in the future. Thank you for coming on, Aaron. It's been great talking to you. Uh, and hopefully there will there will be more interesting conversations like this down the road for us. Yeah, no, I'm very happy to come come back and chat again. And thanks for having me on. And really, the only thing that makes this work is community. So let's double down on each other and and keep moving forward. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Uh, Aaron McDonald, thank you, thank you so much, Aaron. Cheers. Cool. So, well, so we said that it was going to be uh, special. We had a special guest and he definitely delivered really interesting conversation. And this is from someone who is doing it right. These are this is everything that we're talking about. You know, the future of the metaverse, the things that are possible. Uh, you know, he is one of the people right there at, uh, at ground zero making it happen. So whatever we can dream of. Right. The, we are a part of the team, a part of the network. Uh, and it, it sort of it starts right there with Aaron, uh, where the the network that's making these things happen. So super honored to have Aaron come on to our podcast. Great to have some time with him. Now we can move on to some drug receipts focused uh, information. We've got a lot of updates on drug receipts projects. Um, I think we will bring up Jesse and let's do uh, let's do some. Our routine checkup. Oh, really? Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like the cheap sound effects to, to follow uh, such an interesting and high brain conversation. Just to break things up a little bit and bring on the, the not so high brain dynamic duo. No, sorry, Jesse, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> make, make, make a clear a clear break between all that that heady yeah really interesting conversation we had and now what we're going to get into with drug receipts but trevor you know as i was introducing jesse i thought i, I recalled our last podcast i'm like oh am i supposed to be introducing jesse and trevor so i'm glad that you guys are both here because I, th I think that this is the right way to do it i think this is i'm, cool. I'm still waiting for my fanfare and, and card right like you know i, I feel mm -hmm. really left out so I'm, we need you to guys are you, the next time this segment is routine checkup. So you know, we're all covered in the fanfare for routine checkup. Look, and Joel is trying to give you your, your moment to shine. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious. Go ahead, no, full screen um, Let's do it. Go all the way. What's that? I said full screen him. Let's full screen Trevor. Yeah, sure. Give me a moment. No, um, I just goes. wanted to, yes. uh, to acknowledge uh, Aaron. Uh, such an amazing talk, such an amazing conversation. Uh, and it's no surprise why uh, we have him at the helm. He, uh, he really does uh, understand this space uh, better than anyone and has the right kind of mission or the right 
uh, agenda and the right intuition about where we're headed. So, uh, so it's awesome to be a part of it. And, uh, and yeah, just had a mind-blowing hour of really, really heavy and deep kind of uh, insight into what we're a part of and where we're headed. So, um, yeah, pretty excited off the back of that. Totally, totally appreciate that. You know, it, this provides a nice segue since we come out of that talk and we we ended it on the you know the power of community and what a great community um, the Fluff ecosystem has built. Uh, so we just recently celebrated Fluff's one year birthday, one year anniversary. Um, mm -hmm. And what what Fluff did was, since it is a worldwide community, we basically had a virtual online party that lasted. Bless you, Jesse. That lasted for <laughs> twenty four hours. Uh, on the Fluff server, on their Discord. And Drug Receipts, we hosted three separate uh, activations on the Discord. I think each one was like maybe around 90 minutes each or even more in some cases. But so we had a lot of uh, presence in the birthday party, a lot of interaction with the, the wider community, and we loved it. And, and Jesse, you, you, you led some um, interesting uh, game nights, or we did some interesting games there in the community, which turned into, we loved it so much, honestly, that we've turned it into a recurring feature in our own Discord. Um, but Jesse, can you tell us a little bit about what, what's going on with the games? Yeah, uh, so as promised, I told you guys that we were gonna activate more games in the server and uh, we did that. So we've been playing a lot more, um, you know, community focused games like TKO, which is this really fun on brand game <clears throat> excuse me guys, where you can, the first round, you make drawings. The second round, you make slogans. The third round, you randomize those slogans and drawings. And the fourth round and fifth round are um, <clears throat> community voted, you know, tournament style kind of battles against cool t-shirt designs versus another one. Um, and yeah, it's been really fun. We've actually had a couple of people that have, uh, let made some memorable designs and we'll show those in a second but um but yeah i mean what we can expect i think guys is uh, a continuation of this is a proven it's great to see people's creativity come out and yeah it's just been really fun playing with you guys do we have so, i think we have some images right of some of the creations from tko let's yeah, share yeah, them. If we, yeah let's do it let's run through them and i'll give you guys some context um so the very first winner we ever had was a uh, Abu Batal. I always hope I say that right. Um, but Abu Batal made this super sick design. Um, really cool. I, yeah. So as you guys can see on the left and the right, um, you know, it'll tell, or sorry, excuse me, the, the right, it'll tell you, you know, who provided the artwork, who provided the slogan, and then it's Abu's job to basically use those assets to create a game winning shirt and that's what he did so i had to memorize or you know uh commemorate this moment if you will um and abu was our very first winner so shout out to him i love it i'm not on camera but i'm doing a round of applause for abu uh -huh. <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, Arlo, so this was another round that we played. I think Arlo and Trevor, you guys were there, but we did this in the Fluff server. And uh, these were two you know, popular designs, so much so that the design on the left, I believe that was created by Adjum um, in our Discord and Fluff server. He did the take it to the limit design 
And we are still hoping that that becomes a real life piece of merch. Arlo, can you comment on that? We, we are definitely making that shirt. Take it to the limit is so sick. I love, I love everything about that shirt. Yes. <laughs> yes. In case you guys didn't know, TKO is basically our uh, merchandising think tank. So any cool designs we make, we just might turn them to real, oh, yeah. real merch. You know what? This so is come a with step, it. This is a step on the path toward being made obsolete, obsolete by AI. Mm -hmm. This is already taking me out of the process as a designer. We're just going to let TKO come up with our lines of merchandise. And then the next step will be, uh, you know, we don't even have to, we don't even have to do the game. The AI will just do all this itself. But yeah, this, this is really funny and cool. Yeah, definitely. So on the next one, this one um, is labeled lower your standards. Cause it was so funny. You can see kind of eventually after a couple rounds, people's styles almost started to merge. So I love this one because they look like, you know, um, sort of similar yet different versions of one another. You have this circular face with these ex head accessories. And uh, I had to take a screenshot of this because it just shows how our community is sometimes quite in sync. Super good stuff. Isn't that the secret to happiness? When all else fails, lower your standards? So no. they say right. that might be some people's dating advice. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then, of course, with time, we started getting so abstract. You know, there was some abstract work and then there was some really um, we started getting a bit subversive. And so it was the, these two T-shirt designs in um, our earlier this week, we had a, a really exciting community game night. I think it was last night. Sorry, guys. On Web3, the days just blur together. I don't know what day is what, so bear with me. But um, but yes, on the left, you can see we have this super sweet, minimalist, abstract design next to uh, what I think would be a shirt you would find in like a supermarket in a foreign country where like the translation is like kind of there, but not translated mm -hmm. all the way. I think it's supposed to say beach but not too sure. <laughs> um, but as we, as we got more into the game, of course, the uh, subversive nature of our community popped out. And I won't show anything that's not safe for work, guys. So <laughs> I went ahead and blurred it. And if you ask nice, I can show you guys the uncensored version on our Discord. But um, the work speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's up in the Discord right now. For any of you not following along, yeah, you can go into the Drug Receipts Discord server. That all that stuff's being posted uncensored. Yeah, you guys, you guys are up to something, up to no good. Yeah. But that's really that, funny. That was the last game, right? Because if you put too many snugglers in a room and give them a long enough amount of time, it's only one direction that, uh, that the creativity goes. So, just well, if, if people want to do that, when can they? When when and where can they find a game night? Well, I'm thinking about making them on Wednesdays and then possibly Fridays during the day to accommodate for our Euro snugglers. I know, I know you guys have been begging for some action when you guys are up. So we'll be coordinating those uh, super soon. But not, along with TKO, we'll also look to incorporate poker, trivia, quizzes. Um, and if you guys have any suggestions or anything, let me know. I'm always online, so, which is and, great and because this is, but this is upping the um, spirit of competition because mm -hmm. we have 
a really exciting game coming up. We do, yeah. Oh, I like the way you did that. Uh, but before yeah. we get into Segway. that, yeah, before we get into that, just, I sorry, but I just want to I want to wrap up some things about the club birthday party because in Segway addition rug. to the game night, yeah, in addition to the game night, Jesse, are you going to play your Kanye? Uh, oh, oh, I know, right? I'll I'll give you guys context in the Discord, guys. Don't worry. But so, in addition to the game night, I said that we had a couple of other activations. We did a I did a live uh, receipt drawing, which we gave away. Uh, at the end of the drawing and through a random uh, spin of the wheel. And Jamie, one of our uh, cherished community members, uh, got it. Congratulations, Jamie. Yeah, um, Jamie, I, I think she's watching right now. I saw a comment or two earlier from Jamie. So, uh, yeah. Oh, well, if you are watching, then I apologize because I haven't sent it out yet But because I, I, I left town. But I will do it. I'm going to send it out this weekend. Um, and we There'll also gave out a form, Don, um, can we get a, can we get a token gated claim form so that Jamie has to validate herself before and, <laughs> and all the details and, and then, uh, we'll get it sent out to you in, in due course. Exactly. Yeah. We, we definitely have plenty of ways to stretch out the timeline if we need to, <laughs> um, but special grace skates are shipping. Also. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I love that you picked up where I was going with that. Arlo. Yeah, no, I, I gotcha. Uh, but also speaking of. Uh, now we're just going to jump around a bit, but the um, the hoodies made it to New Zealand, and I've seen a lot of people in New Zealand and Australia posting that their hoodies have arrived. So that's great news. Um, it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I definitely want to do it again, even though I thought it was going to be a huge job. You know, yeah. like getting everything sent to my house and then having to do organize it all. But it was so much fun going through the box and seeing how many had been opened and searched <laughs> by our beautiful friends at oh, Border wow. Security. Um, yeah. I'm waiting for the episode, you know, because in New Zealand, I think you guys have it in the States as well, and probably in every other country, you have the Border Security show where they, you know, they, they go in and they go through people's baggage and stuff. So I wonder if drug receipts will make a, an upcoming episode of Border Security. And then the oh, best yeah. part of it was going into the post office. So in the post office, I rocked in with this huge box literally on a trolley i've wheeled it in yeah. on a trolley and uh and the lady's face behind the counter was just priceless i wish i had a camera rolling because it was just hilarious and then it took about well close to two hours to get all of the package packages wow. boxed up and there we go there's a picture of uh, of one of the raided bags um that's me at the post office too so the the, the hilarious thing was everybody that came in so there were two queues and i obviously occupied one and, and basically just hijacked it and uh and then there was a steady stream of people in this in the queue next to me and every single one of them was just like what the hell is going on and you could see <laughs> people reading the bags the drug yeah. receipts written on it and the people's yeah. expressions i mean you talk about provocation i think i gave people some fodder for the rest of their day when they were out doing their thing you know oh, i could never believe what i saw at the post office man openly shipping drugs to everybody all oh, over the nice. country yeah. bags of drugs <laughs> bags they expect you to like a uh, a switchblade into it and like powder comes out on your blade. Yeah, and, and we're not fucking about, right? These bags were big bags, you know? It's not yeah. like we just had these tiny little, uh, little. well, I'm, I'm led to believe that people purchase their, uh, their their party papers in small packets. These were quite large packets. So, uh, yeah. Well, now you're giving me second thoughts because the way that I ship the, the receipts, the hand-drawn receipts, is I, I roll them up and I put them into a, a pill vial bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I'm planning on shipping to Jamie, but that, that might raise some eyebrows if they inspect that. Good uh, luck. Wish us luck. We're going to yeah. be sending some 
some it's coming art. to you Demi, promise yeah. um cool yeah so that was the birthday party lots of fun stuff and and also we gave out you know throughout all those activations we gave out some drug receipts nfts to to different lucky winners um so and those have all been sent out to the wallet so thanks everybody for participating that was a lot of fun and we look forward to seeing you guys in some of the game night stuff that we'll be doing in our own discord um but so yes uh, uh, Sorry, Anisha just said if it was New Lynn, it was it would have been just another Tuesday, and you have hundred percent right. It was at New Lynn, and it was just another Tuesday at New oh. Lynn. Some of the conversations I was listening to from people in the in the other queue was probably more provocative than the one that I was having. Some crazy, crazy locals coming into that place there, doing some very, very unusual things. Um, I don't get it. Before we move on, that that's the, one for the, the New Zealand things. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a Kiwi thing. Uh, before we move on, I just want to try and plug this because I know we've got a couple of images from people who have received their hoodies and they've started, you know, sharing yeah. that online. And I really want to encourage all snugglers that when you get your hoodie, please take a photo of it and share it. We really want to see drug receipts uh, rocking uh, all over the world and in, in different places. So take your hoodie to your favorite place, take a photo and share it with us, please. Um, and Joellen, do we have a couple of... Um, a couple of images that we can show of, of a few people that have taken some. So Aww. yeah, you don't have to dox yourself. You just uh, take a shot of your hoodie. Who have we got there? Shannon? Look what I've got. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the package they come in. And, uh, and here we have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I dox him? Oh, he knows he's going to be on here. That is. A lovely snuggler, or sorry, lovely snuggler and fluff, fluffler, then we love him. Cool. Yeah, those are great. Um, Jesse, you know what you just reminded me of? God, I, I know we keep trying to finish the, the whole game night thing, but my I just remembered my favorite part of the game night because the audio mechanics, we didn't have that quite dialed. So when we did the, uh, when we did the, whatever the, the what was it, the murder one? Oh, the murder murder trivia party? But so in order for everybody to be able to participate, because the murder trivia party ha like has a narrator, but none of us could hear it over Discord. So Jesse read uh, or, or repeated everything the narrator said, but she put on this voice and it was so amazing. Like it really tickled me to my core. Uh, I don't suppose you got a little sample of Come it. Come on, Jesse. Can you do the voice? It's, on the spot. It it's was so it's good. actually my real voice. That's why my voice is so I'm just trying to pitch it up for the podcast for the sake of everybody it was else. So cool. but I loved it. Maybe I'll do it in one of the Elixir Dean nights. Ooh, there it is—the carrot for everybody to come join us on our next game night. Huh? You have to—you have to be in it to win it. If you're not in the Discord, you're not—you're uh, nowhere, baby. Uh, getting getting so to hear Justin do the voice is is worth the price of admission. It's worth your trouble. I definitely make. I would make. I would make uh, a point of being there. Okay, so the big competition that Jesse was te teasing, right, of course, is drug wars. Uh, Trevor's got the propaganda behind him, um, flanked by his his minions. He's got the fluff and the party bear and tabby. Uh, yeah, but so drug wars is here for all intents and purposes. I think by this time tomorrow, uh, all the sites will be live. Um, we've got the drug wars. So there's going to be a drug wars web two page and a web three page that will go up simultaneously. The web two page will be able to access through our website. It's a full 
um, drug wars uh, landing page. It will have all the information about drug wars. It'll talk to you about propaganda. We'll talk to you about the tournament, talk to you about uh, how you can build your propaganda. Um, I think we even have a teaser of this is war. I think we have a teaser of the homepage for drug wars for the web two page. Yeah, exactly. Um, so super sick, really excited for you guys to be able to log in and check this all out. Um, the, you know, there's a cool look at the battle cards, which have been completely updated. Uh, the, the legacy demo builder that we've all been using to put together our drug receipts teams, um, that's gotten a minor update, but we will still have access to that. That is still an, an important part of kind of the drug receipts, um, experience and the drug wars experience, because for people that don't have four drug receipts NFTs yet and, and maybe can't get access to the official battle card builder, you'll still be able to use our demo builder to put together teams and see, see what it's like. And for the demo builder, you don't have to own any NFTs. All you do is you type in the number, the, the ID number of the NFT from the collection, and you can use any NFTs that you want. Even for people that already own NFTs, even for people like Don, who's already a you know a kingpin plus, um, it's still interesting to go in and use the demo builder because you can look for pieces that you don't have yet. You can try and curate and experiment with constructing teams before you go out and make any purchases. So the demo builder is really cool. But the I mentioned the Web3 page. So if you do have the NFTs, uh, then you connect your wallet, you go to the Web3 page, and that's where you get access to the actual official battle card builder. Uh, it's where you can save all of your teams. You get a gallery, a customized gallery, where you can each team of four that you put together, you add a team name, you write the lore, you go through all that work, and then you save it to the gallery, and it's right there for you. Anytime you log in, connect your wallet, you can look at it. Uh, if you need to make changes to it, if you've got an update you want to make to the lore, if you want to switch out one of your uh, your troops and your team there, you can do all that through the gallery and the battle card builder. And you can change it all the way up until the point that you click submit and submit it for official submission and consideration uh, to be included in the tournament. Um, so that's all really cool. That's all coming in within about 24 hours. And I, I have to tell you guys, our timelines tend to get stretched out a lot. It's, it can be frustrating, but there's also really good dynamics um, lying underneath it. Because of our association with non-fungible labs, um, it's not like we ever just build something and then put it out there. There are rounds of review. There are securities that have to be uh, vetted. Um, it doesn't just, it's not just us going, oh, that looks cool. Click it, make it live. Um, it's getting reviewed by the CTO uh, of non-fungible labs. Um, so it's, that is good for you because it means that you've got the highest level of security that's available in the web three space. We are extremely lucky to have that as a resource, but it just means that there is a little bit of extra due diligence anytime we try to launch a big initiative like this. So, as I said, we think within 24 hours, we're going to have it all live. Uh, thank you for your patience and for bearing with us, but it means that once it is live, you can rest assured. Uh, knowing that your your uh, holdings will be safe or you're in good hands. 100%. I think everybody, um, you know, everybody's feeling the, uh, the, the the tension build and it's it's not a bad thing, right? Because as we found out in our Twitter spaces earlier in the week, there was this unleashing of, of uh, you know, propaganda or verbal propaganda from a few of our more <laughs> vocal uh, members of the community. 
and uh, it felt like there was this build up this tension release it was almost cathartic but i'm actually really looking forward to when we create the uh the drug wars propaganda verbal uh propaganda twitter spaces uh, i'm really looking forward to tuning into that so keep an eye out on the discord i'm sure jesse's going to make an announcement sometime soon as to when that will go down and uh come one come all and bring your best one-liners because i know bildo's got a whole sort of full tap loose leaf book full of them ready to go uh, and he's dying to itch, itching to get them out there uh, but no, uh, we're all very excited for Drug Wars, but, uh, you know, we want to make sure that, as Arlo points out, we do it properly, we do it well, and it runs quite smoothly and, and everybody enjoys the process. So, I mean, there's a lot up for grabs. Do we Are we able to talk about the prize yet or are we holding back on that one? I, I had been I saying... I wait. I'd been saying let's hold back a little bit. Okay. I, you know, I think that the... Just launching the thing will, you know, will be exciting enough and then there'll be a whole nother element of excitement when we announce what the prize pool actually is. Uh, we, we have said many times that the it is a it's a really impressive prize purse. So I, I think it's enough for right now to know that in addition to all the bragging rights and the clout that comes with competing in drug wars and vanquishing your enemies, um, there's also going to be some good loot on the line. So yeah, there are layers and layers of things to, to stoke you guys out. Um, Trevor, you mentioned like this, this, you know, it's not just waiting for, we're trying to contain our own excitement to get this thing out. We're just, you know, we're bursting at the seams, waiting for it to be in your hands. But there's also, we can see that that's happening on your side as well out there in the community. Like the pro you guys aren't even waiting for the propaganda campaign to officially start. We have seen some <laughs> cool stuff is already happening. Jesse, I think you've got some samples, right? That have come from the community. Can we share some of those? Yeah, I do want to stress real quick that Drug Wars will release in two phases. There's the propaganda and there's the actual battle. So while propaganda will be officially launching very, 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 very soon, um, yes, you guys have already taken to town and gotten your propaganda out there. So I did screenshot some of, uh, some of my favorites out there so far. Um, Joellen, can we, may we? May. Oh. But before we get into that, I do want to take a second to acknowledge, oh, no, 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 that could be on the screen. That's okay. I do want to acknowledge Rollerblaze's um, excellent, incredible gif he made with his party bear rocking a drug receipts onesie. Uh, you can't see it, but if you go to Rollerblaze's Twitter, you can find it. And I just thought it was super sick. So Very cool. I just had to throw it in there. That's propaganda. That actually counts as propaganda. People 100%. just don't know it. It's not just posters. It's not just visuals. We want everything. Get creative. Propaganda is, is, is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, go out and stick some real posters out there. Get some 3D art made. Um, I don't know. Tattoo your team on you. Whatever you need to do to get it out there. Commit. We want to see commitment. <laughs> Anybody who tattoos their team on them probably got a pretty good chance of getting in, I reckon. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Um, but no, your goal in propaganda is to, yes, get your, express your message, get it across, but also you want to impress the drug lords. I'm sorry, the drug overlords. So I think, I think you guys do. just gave Don an idea for his neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I want to see it. Um, so this, so this design is super sick. This came Love from it. Fletch who is super That's active in our community. Very. I mean, look at it. It looks like a movie still. It's fantastic. But he's gotten a, a significant head start uh, on the propaganda. 
And we'll move on to the to this next one that I really like. So this one's from Metaverse D. I love this one because it's a very subtle, not so subtle, but subtle nod, and correct me if I'm wrong, to old dirty bastard, uh, baby, I got your money. So I gotta appreciate that. <laughs> this is a gem. Love it. Theme. Oh, <laughs> this one's rad. So this one's from Savvy Flips, who's one of our uh, kingpins and a very, very active member of the uh, Snugglerverse. Uh, I'm not sure what he's cooking up his sleeve, but it looks like he might be making a movie. I don't know. Watch Some this incredible. Space. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this space. Watch this space. You never know with flips. Could go either way. Serious. I mean, well, as a kingpin, That's this crazy. one too, I want to also acknowledge that flips has been also along with Fletch, has been going crazy with the propaganda, creating this poster with a significant amount of drug receipts with celestial traits. Um, I do want to remind everyone he is a kingpin, so he does own a massive amount of drug receipts. And, you know, people are getting really, really serious with their lore. Um, I don't know what he's, what he's quite got cooked up yet, but uh, it looks promising. Well, so Jesse, you, you mentioned a couple of things that I think are worth highlighting. Uh, because the, mm -hmm. the new battle cards where people will coordinate, curate their teams of four, the back of the battle cards will have a place actually for lore on it. It's kind of like a baseball card where on the back of the card, it's got like the stats and a bio maybe for the player. Uh, so the back of your battle card, you know, the front of the battle card will have your four NFTs on it. It will have the team name, but then you flip over the card virtually and it will have stats for each of the four uh, NFTs that you have on there, each of the four characters. And it will also have about uh, 70, 777 uh, characters for you to write some lore. Uh, so the lore will travel with your cards and as people are reviewing and ultimately voting on which teams advance, the team name, the team lore will play a major part. Um, also, another thing that you can see here that these uh, that our snugglers are using in the creation of this propaganda is the drug inspector. They have access to, you all have access to um, downloadable content from your NFTs. So you're able to go online right now to drugreceipts.com, you can navigate to the drug inspector and you connect your wallet. And from the drug inspector, you can download transparent PNGs of your characters. You can you can download the backgrounds by themselves. You can get assets, basically creative assets to use um, in the creation of your propaganda. And just as a little bit of alpha, some, some stuff that's going to be made available to you also uh, once we get the, you know, as the sites get up and operating is we're going to put out some uh, drug receipt. I mean, some drug wars uh, um, assets that you'll be able to use as well. Some drug wars logos and things like that, um, which which will make your lives a little bit easier as you're as you're building these things. And the, the drug wars assets will be you'll be able to find those on the drug wars website. Yeah, I love that last one from uh, <laughs> Jesse's in the chicken, Discord. Chicken recipe. I love that last one from Mr. Obi. Yeah, they. Uh, we didn't he's, even do. He's, he's tapped into one of the my favorite uh, ongoing uh, comedy sketches that happens in our Discord about the uh, the eggplant emoji. Uh, we, oh. We're really big fans of the eggplant emoji in, in uh, drug receipts. So well, uh, and yeah, Mr. LB comes by it naturally. I mean, he, you know, his wife Jamie is like is the eggplant. Uh, 
uh, proponent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's no, there's no, there's no like dignified way to, to say that or to give her some kind of a title that begins with eggplant. But yes, <laughs> sorry guys. And yeah, Mr. LB, I, you know, I want to say that he did some cool things with that propaganda because he actually isolated traits uh, like the the uh, the corpse paint and the ears. Um, so some really cool and innovative things. And that is the point of drug wars and the point of propaganda, right? It's about yeah. creativity. It's Definitely. a battle of wits. It's a battle of uh, creative inspiration. And there's no wrong way to do it, right? It's just whatever you can dream up, however you can promote your team. As Jesse mentioned, so the drug wars tournament, the actual battles where you guys are going head to head and someone's getting eliminated and someone's get moving on, that's not going to happen for about three weeks. So for the next three weeks from the official launch of Drug Wars, what's going to happen is it's just about propaganda. It's about you guys being creative, making some noise, getting out there on your socials, getting out there on Twitter, getting in the Discord, uh, talking shit, making posters, whatever you got to do. But over that three weeks, the drug overlords, this mysterious consortium uh, is going to be choosing uh, who is worthy of competing in the actual tournament. So we're looking for 64 teams. We've got 64 spots that we're going to fill. So your job over the next three weeks is to make sure that you get one of those spots. And the way you do it is by curating a badass team. Find, a, find an amazing way to put your four characters together. You can match them by background. You can come up with a theme where you're matching traits. Um, you know, again, it's all up to your imagination. Your limit is the, your imagination is the only limit. But so curate an amazing team, come up with a great name, write some lore, and then get out there and promote it. Do your propaganda. Uh, and whatever the, whatever the best 64 teams are in the eyes of the, uh, the drug overlords, those are the ones that are going to represent the tournament. With a couple of interesting caveats. There will be a mechanism for the teams that make the most noise. Uh, that is to say, get the vote, most votes in Twitter. You can, there will be an opportunity to get automatic bids. Um, so you will take the drug overlords out of the equation. If you get the most votes, you're into the tournament. Um, and there will be a certain amount of spots that are allocated for that. Those details will come out as we make all the terms and conditions uh, visible. Um, there's also going to be some spots reserved for VIPs. We are including special, uh, um, special uh, members from the wider ecosystem and beyond. Uh, that are going to be invited to play in the drug wars. So we'll have some spots devoted for them. But most of the 64 spots are available for you, for drug snugglers. So curate, curate those teams, do your propaganda, and make it impossible for the drug overlords to leave you out of the tournament. Inspiring. Speaking like a true leader. Boom. All right. Mic drop. Mic drop. Does okay. anyone have yeah, any questions we're, we're about excited. drug lords? Um, what? I don't. I don't want to open up for questions because I know where this is going to go. I know who some of the people are that are in the uh, in the chat and in the Discord right now, and there's not going to be questions. There's going to be nothing but responses coming from these people. And, so maybe uh, we need to open up a just a twenty-four hour voice channel. There's just a shit talking channel. You can pop it anytime, anytime you want to berate <laughs> someone or say you know talk yeah. some shit. Uh, Don needs to get some sleep. Let's give Don a chance to get some sleep first, and then we'll open that channel. Because if uh, if we open it early, he ain't sleeping for days. Well, so before we wrap up, uh, another thing that we'd like to mention. Oh, huh. Well, 
Go ahead. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I think I know where you're going. Can I bring it up? Are we looking frantically for the details of this yes. next segment that's on the run of, run of sheet? Um, I think they're in our um, announcements channel. But what we are alluding to is our good friends over at Zero X Thulu have a mint yes. that's imminent. And uh, we're, uh, as everybody knows, we're very close with uh, with the community over at Zero X Thulu, and we love what they're doing. So uh, we were really, really uh, stoked and honoured that they considered our our uh, holders in their mint, and they have offered up for anybody who had a dark purple background drug receipt in their wallet as of about twenty odd hours ago. Uh, you were taken in a snapshot and you will be receiving a free claim of a Zero X Sulu token when the mint happens. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we're really, really excited about that. And I think uh, Arlo is frantically uh, looking for those mint details to give you all. Uh, I know it's the 23rd of August, I'm pretty sure, uh, but I'll probably be corrected in a minute. But while we're waiting for that, uh, Joellen, I think we've got an image of uh the uh, zero x Sulu guys to show can we share that one please cute and this was done by one of our snugglers who uh, I, I assume sits on both uh communities uh this is bullies only and this is such a, a cool um tribute to uh the guys there so yeah dark purple backgrounds that man there is receiving at least three free NFTs or claimable NFTs from Zero X Hulu, which is awesome. And those dates are. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. You went looking for them, man. <laughs> we were trying to just. I was doing what Trevor does and just rambling while the things were going on in the background. All right. Hold so, on, I, yeah, I pulled the information off of the uh, Xerox Thulu Discord. And I encourage any of you guys to go on to the Xerox Thulu Discord. Uh, join if you're not, if you haven't joined already. Uh, Xerox Thulu is one of these, is a project that was born out of the Fluff community. Um, so a real example of the fluff community in action and coming to life and just how creativity begets creativity. Um, and so now they are working their way toward their uh, first mint. And as Trevor mentioned, uh, Xerox Thulu are, you know, it's a very closely related project to us. They're good personal friends. Um, so we are happy to, uh, to support the mint. And as Trevor mentioned, excited that we've been included in the whitelist. Uh, um, I actually, I went out and somehow I did not have a dark purple background yet. So I went out and picked one up, although I'm afraid I may have missed the deadline, honestly, to be captured in snapshot, but we'll, we'll see if we'll see what I can't figure out. There was a mad uh, flurry. Um, I saw a lot of new, hours, yeah. right? I think we've sold more dark purple backgrounds in the last yes. 48 hours than we have in the history of the project. Uh, mm -hmm. so cool. apart maybe from mint day, right? Which is when all of the dark purple backgrounds were purchased. But there has been, I don't know what the number is. Does anybody know? I think it was about 14 or 15 or something purchased in the last 48 hours. Oh, the dark purple? Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, big run on dark I think dark it was purple. like 20, no, I think it's in the 20s actually. Um, yeah. It might have been like 23 or 27. So yeah. thanks, Jacob. So a bunch of people um, going mad for, uh, for, the, for the drop, which is cool. So speaking of numbers, the total supply, some quick numbers on the Xerox Sulu Mint, the, the total supply is going to be 11,138. 
and you can guarantee that there is some lore or some mystery behind that number. There's definitely a purpose to it, um, knowing Jacob. Uh, what it will cost is 0.1 ETH. The free mint is August 23rd. You were right, uh, Trevor. Um, there will be a pre-sale also on August 23rd. These things are uh, staggered. I'm not going to read the times because it's, it's going to be mostly meaningless to you right now, but go onto the Discord uh, or follow their socials. You can get all the details there. But then the public mint will be August 24th, um, and that will stay live until they sell out. So uh, August 23rd, August 24th, that's what you need to know. The mints for Xerox Thulu are coming up. Uh, and uh, as has been well-documented, uh, Good project over there, great community. So uh, looking forward to that mint. Um, cool, guys. I think that gets us through it. Um, you know, can I, I'm just going to, I'm going to uh, talk off the top of my head here, and this is very dangerous to do, but, you know, sometimes we just bring the community in to work through, workshop an idea in real time. But this is happening more and more where we get through a podcast and after we've done all the news and after we've had our guests and we have great conversation with the guests, uh, it's hard to imagine going another hour into, uh, into the skeptic conversation, which we call controlled substance. So something that has been percolating, uh, you know, just rolling around in the brain here. And that actually has been brought up to me as a suggestion on more than one occasion from, from multiple sources but is maybe uh, we will separate the skeptical content from the rest of the podcast. Uh, skepticism obviously is one of the pillars of the brand, and there, you know, we had we talked about skepticism in our conversation with with uh, Aaron. So it's not it's not like skepticism will be removed from the project, but the actual focused uh, skeptical conversation we usually pick a subject and talk about it. I think that we will probably, or what I'm thinking about is finding uh, a new home for it. Let that be its own content that lives on its own um, and let this be its own separate content where we talk about, where we have a guest and where we talk about drug receipts related uh, news. Um, so that's just, that, that's not something that I've talked about with the team yet until now. Uh, it's not something that I have really thought about very um, deeply yet, but that is definitely where my head is at because I regret, you know, constantly running into these scenarios where we're just, you know, we're out of time at the end of the podcast. And I think it's kind of unrealistic and unfair to ask all of you to stick around for another hour. And it's unfair to my cat and to my stomach to, to never eat dinner. So yeah, that's probably where we're headed. I think. Why not? Why not? I think, uh, well, I think, you know, Jesse, uh, there's been a request for Jesse to do just a post-it notes uh, podcast. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it'll be it'll be maybe just some backing music and Jesse just podcast uh, post-it noting her way through the uh, the, the 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 routine checkup. Um, who knows what might what might come of this? I see. I see. Yeah, Jamie has made a request also just for like a kind of ASMR, just a full screen of Trevor just talking. <laughs> about anything about anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll do an AMA myself <laughs> the drug receipts team is a good looking team i will say well we definitely know how to pro uh, provide content so i think we have a lot of opportunities to get some drug receipts branded content out there uh yes and to be good looking while we do it <laughs> jesse it helps. Sure. 
it helps. <laughs> doesn't hurt. I'll give you that. Um, so yeah, guys, I think that we are ready to wind it down. It has been a super snug and awesome, awesome episode. Really cool to have Aaron McDonald on here. Yeah. I know we got a lot of great content out of it. One of our favorite things to do is to take some of the best sound bites that we get from these episodes and get them out onto our socials, make them uh, easily digestible uh, for a wide audience. And I know we got a lot of good content for that today. So uh, look, make sure you're following our socials and looking for that content. It's going to be easy to share and it's going to be the kind of stuff that we want to share. Um, drug wars are on their way within the next 24 hours. We should be up and operational. So another reason to follow all of our socials at drug receipts, uh, subscribe and like, uh, drug receipts on YouTube. And, uh, if you're listening on a podcast, we do always, uh, encourage you to check out the, uh, the actual visual video content that we've got here on the YouTube channel, because as Jesse says, we've got a lot of attractive members and it just adds something to the <laughs> experience, which are a real feature of the podcast. So if you're not watching, exactly. you really are missing some of the best content. Right. There is, right. There's a whole separate dimension with the post-it notes because no one says what they, you, you, no one's reading them out loud. The only way to get that content is if you, if you watch it on our YouTube. So more incentive to, to sign up and, and follow us on YouTube. All right, guys, Trevor, thank you so much. Jesse, thank you guys. And thanks to Aaron McDonald for being a guest on this, uh, on this episode. Bye-bye. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Snugglers, thanks so much to all of you, as always, for supporting and for being here and for adding everything that you add to all these conversations. We love following you in the Discord. We love what you add to the chats. And we will see you guys in the Discord for continued conversation. Love you all. Uh, thanks. And until ne next time, we will snug you later. Bye-bye, everybody. Catch you later, bye. bye.